0: O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Last week we began the sermon series on the theme of lost. What does it mean that we people sometimes get lost? And also, what does it mean that we have a God who seeks after us? In spite of us getting lost. And so we started with the most famous of the lost stories the story of the prodigal son, the story that I called the lost child. And we saw how the son is lost but returns home, the father throws a party, the older brother is resentful, gets furious, and ends up lost as well. And Jesus ends that story without letting us know whatever happens to the older brother. In some ways, making us the older brother. What will we do? But then again, that's just a parable, just a story, just a fable. A nice thing Jesus tells us to try to get at some sort of truth. But, Jesus, what will happen if you are betrayed? Jesus, what will happen if someone turns on you and gets lost? Will you, Jesus, be as forgiving as in your story? What will Jesus do? And in the 22nd chapter of Luke, without warning, we get a shocking secret that Judas, one of his 12 disciples, has decided to betray Jesus. He goes in secret to the chief priest and the temple police and offers him a trade. I'll tell you when and where Jesus will be, and I'll give him up to you. And in exchange, they give him money. So how could Judas do this? How could he betray this man of peace, this Messiah, this son of God, whom he has spent the last three years of his life following around in the desert? How could Judas do this? Now, there are two easy answers The first one is that Judas has a particular vision for Jesus' ministry. Judas, we believe, is a member of a political party called the Zealots. The Zealots wanted Rome gone. They wanted the occupation of Jerusalem to be destroyed and finished. They wanted every last Roman soldier out of the country they wanted to restore the throne of David without any foreign interference they wanted the kingdom of Israel to be independent and they were willing to put their lives on the line to make that happen they wanted an armed overthrow a revolution and they were willing to wield the sword Judas grew up with that political ideology And he saw in Jesus someone who might be that leader, who might be that deliverer, who might be the Messiah, the Anointed One, the future King of Israel. And so he followed him for three years, waiting for the day. But then earlier that week, they entered Jerusalem with a triumphal parade. Judas thought, this is it. This is the moment. But instead of marching to Pilate's house and kicking him out, instead of going to the temple and pushing out all the priests and Jesus setting himself up on the throne of the Most High God, they go back home that day. And Jesus begins to teach things like, I must be lifted up I must die. I will be betrayed. And Judas realizes this is not what he signed up for. And so he goes to the chief priests and turns Jesus in. it seems that Judas was too in love with his political belief and more in love with his vision of how this world should work than he was in Jesus. And so he gets lost. Now over in the Gospel of John, we're also told that Judas loved money. In fact, we're told that he volunteered to be the treasurer of the disciples. Beware the person who just ups and volunteers to be the treasurer. Because we're told that Judas, in keeping the common purse, would often take money from it. And perhaps after he realized he wasted three years, perhaps after he realized Jesus was the wrong candidate, perhaps after he realized he had lost not only his reputation, but his earned income for these past three years, he tries to figure out, what can I get for my lost time? 30 pieces of silver. That ought to do it. Judas loves money. More than he does Jesus. And he finds himself lost. Now, I have a secret to tell you. Don't tell anybody else. I think Judas sometimes gets a bad rap. And this is why. He's not the only lost disciple. In chapter 22. Sure he starts the chapter off horribly. But he is not the only disciple. Who gets lost. In chapter 22. You see following Judas' meeting. He tells them. uh, Tonight we have a big dinner. And after the dinner. We're going to go to the garden. And there at the garden. You're going to arrest him. And so later in that same chapter. We're at the dinner that night. Jesus has prepared everything, set a grand feast. All disciples, including Judas, are there with him. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, tonight, one of you will betray me. Now, in Luke's version, immediately, the disciples begin to investigate, who will it be? And their investigation lasts exactly one verse and then immediately devolves into a debate about who among them is the greatest. Can you imagine that? Jesus has just announced that this is his last night as a free man, that one of them will betray him, and all they can seem to argue about is, okay, okay, but which one of us is going to be you know, in charge? Which one of us? the greatest. Their pride blinds them to the danger in their midst. And they are lost in their own hubris. Now finally, Jesus calls out Simon Peter to get his attention. He tells Peter, that soon he will be the leader of this ragtag group of people. And Peter says, well, Jesus, I will never abandon you. I will go to prison with you. I will die with you. But then Jesus cryptically tells him, well, Peter, before this night is over, you will deny me three times. You see, Jesus hasn't lost one disciple. He's lost 12. One to the love of politics and money. Ten to the love of themselves. And one more to the fear of being faithful when it really matters. So the question still remains... What will Jesus do when someone close to him, someone real, someone living, turns on him? Who gets lost and wanders away? What will Jesus do? The answer comes one chapter later when Jesus on the cross says Father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing I think that statement of forgiveness is offered to the soldiers crucifying him to the crowd mocking him to the disciples who have abandoned him to the disciple who denied him and even to the disciple who betrayed him. They had all become lost and they didn't fully understand their own actions. And as Paul would remind us while they were still sinners Jesus died for them. And he does the same for each of us who find ourselves lost. And even those of us who are simply prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Of course, in the end, Peter and ten other disciples return to see Jesus risen and alive again only one disciple doesn't return elsewhere in the gospels we read that judas's shame and guilt leads to his own self-destruction but i wonder if he had returned would jesus have welcomed him back i hope so For my own account, I hope so. Because the good news is that no matter what we have done, where we have gone, how long we have stayed lost, no matter what we did to get lost in the first place, Jesus is always ready to forgive, always ready. To welcome us home. Always ready. To seal our hearts. For thy courts above. Let us pray. Eternal God. So often we wander far from home. So often we put our faith and our trust in our own desires, our own ideology, our own perspective, our own resources, our own strength. And so often, Lord, before we know it, we look up and have no idea where we are or how we got there or how to get back home. Lord, we sometimes look upon our past mistakes and have convinced ourselves that we're unforgivable, unlovable, that you would not even dare to look at us, let alone welcome us. Lord, we sometimes believe that, that the good news is too good to be true, and so we stay lost And so, Lord, help us, speak to us, remind us, call to us, that if those who could debate their greatness the night before your son died, that if the one who denied you, even the one who betrayed you, if you could forgive them, help us to accept that forgiveness for ourselves. That we might be freed from the ways that keep us lost and free to walk in your light eternal. This we pray, uniting our voices together with the prayer you taught us to say Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come.